Thank you for tuning in to today's full episode of the Breaking Changes podcast. I'm your host and chief evangelist for Postman, Kim Lane. With Breaking Changes, we explore specific topics from the world of APIs, but through the lens of business and engineering leadership. Joining me today, we have Pia Mancini, co-founder and CEO of the Open Collective. Pia talked about what I consider to be the future of open source business model, but more importantly, the future of technology at the intersection of open source and social justice. Well, let's uh, let's dive in. Let's start with the basics. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Pia Mancini. I'm co-founder and CEO of Open Collective, and I'm also um, co-founder of Open Source Collective and the Open Collective Foundation. Anyway, everything that's out there called Open and Collective, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I'm I'm very thankful for the work you're doing. Give us all. Uh, I'm very familiar with what Open Collect does. It helps support several of the projects and and that are very critical to my world. But explain to us what Open Collective is. Yeah. So Open Collective is a path for distributed communities like open source projects. Uh, to be able to raise funds and spend those funds transparently without needing to have their own legal entity to do so. Right. So essentially the problem that we solve is in the space of enabling communities to manage money, raise it, spend it, you know, decide how they use it without having to become something that they're not, a non-for-profit or an LLC or, you know, any kind of legal entity. Yeah, no, it's it's so needed. It's uh, there's a lot of projects. I'm part of Async API, JSON Schema, several projects that are open source API tooling and/or specifications that would not exist without Open Collective. So why is it so hard to be able to fund open source work like this? Why why do we need kind of structure scaffolding like Open Collective? Yeah, so I guess like the answer to that has several parts. There's an infrastructure answer to that that is part of like, the solution that we provide. So when you are an open source project, you're likely a group of people might not have ever, ever meet face to face. You're likely distributed around the world. You're using a tooling, either GitHub or GitLab or any kind of version control mechanism to develop software. You are likely using a chat like a Discord or Slack or whatever you use to communicate. So you have most of your needs covered in terms of creating collaboration. Now, when someone wants to fund your community, you have a problem because we are likely not structured as a legal entity. Async API is not the ACK API corporation. It's just you. It's just people doing something that they love. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be funding them. On the contrary, like I think that we should be funding communities more than anything else. But the problem is that we live in a world where corporations speak to corporations. They don't speak to a group of people doing something together that is cool or that serves a purpose in the world. And so you have the situation where we have a financial mechanism that understands the corporation, understands the individual, like a freelancer, but it doesn't understand the community as a group of people that can manage funding. 
And so if someone like Postman, for example, wants to fund an open source community, they run into the problem of where do I send the money and who's going to give me an invoice for this money, right? And that's where Open Collective and our network of fiscal sponsors come in, right? Because we're like, okay, Postman, here is an invoice. Here is another corporation you can speak to that understands your language and that you understand can go through your soulless procurement process, you know, because we are incorporated somewhere in the world. We are reporting taxes. We do everything that your compliance department is going to be asking you to do in order to send money to someone. So we'll take care of that, but then we'll do that in the name of the open source project, right? So we essentially provide them with fiscal sponsorship. Um, so it's a really easy way to solve the problem of a lack of infrastructure for companies, um, foundations, donor advised funds, governments to give money to these amorphous group of people that's doing something in the world. And so we not only solve this problem for open source, we also do it for many other types of communities like open source projects. So we do it for global movements like, you know, global political movements or social movements. We do it for the whole climate justice community, right? And there, imagine you have a local group of Extinction Rebellion, right? And people want to fund this type of civil disobedience. And so they want to put money there so you can fund your, you know, the, the resources you need. But again, how are, who are we going to send the money to? Like a PayPal account of the organizer? What happens with taxes for the organizer? What happens with transparency and trust for that community, right? So we really kind of become that, that thing that enables communities of all sorts and everywhere in the world to be able to access and unlock access to funding and spend it transparently. This is much more than money. It's it's everything that goes with this the structure of an organization. And you mentioned before the foundation, like what what sort of business structure, what's the whole apparatus look like that you can provide? So we call it the constellation because it's like, essentially it's like a huge mess of legal entities around the world of all sorts of, this, you know, um, of types. So we have a company that is open collective that builds the tech, the platform where everything happens, right? That it's an open finances platform. Everything is transparent by design. You know who gave money to whom and how they're spending that money. We make it really easy for the foundations or the organizations that are receiving the money for the collectives to do their compliance, to be able to provide that service. So that's a platform and it's built by our company, Open Collective Inc. And then we've created a series of, of non-for-profits around the world that essentially become the custodians of those funds. So the Open Source Collective or the Open Collective Foundation, there are different types of entities that have different purposes, but at the core, they're providing fiscal sponsorship services. So what they do is they essentially lend an open source project with their fiscal status, right? So if some, if an open source project wants to apply for a grant, receive money for, from a company, um, or I don't know, have organize an event and they need to sign the lease of a venue, 
right? Or they need to hire catering. All of that is the type of thing that the fiscal host will provide. And depending on the fiscal host, we provide different types of services. So we even employ folks, right? So the Open Source Collective, for example, now is employing, for example, the Open Web Docs technical writers, right? So when MDN, like Mozilla stopped funding, or the MDN drama that happened last year had, a lot of technical, a group of companies and technical writers started Open Web Docs. Open Web Docs is like, it's a collective that has the mission of improving the documentation of the web, essentially. And so what we are doing is we are hiring those technical writers with benefits, wherever they are, like the whole thing. So now the community can hire their own members, right? That's something that we also look, I don't know if we're doing with ACKPI, but we discussed this, I know with Fran many times, so like we, we want to, or they wanted to hire someone for that team, for the, the open source project. So the hiring happens at the fiscal host level, right? Essentially, we provide those services. Um, legal services as well, right? For, um, I guess we do this more on the side of the solidarity, mutual aid, kind of crisis aid work that we do, but we've also been doing it for open source. For example, we worked with a project who's reverse engineering some software, um, some firmware. So the legality of it was tricky, right? And so we spend a lot of time supporting them with how to go about this. Um, we ended up like not being able to host them in the US. So another host that we have in Europe was able to host them in Europe, right? So we kind of, we have uh, this kind of large and complex setup that is a headache for us but it really gives communities a lot of flexibility and a lot of support, right? So legal, insurance, you know, liability policies, sometimes if they need, you know, being able to receive and spend money, obviously compliance, signing agreements with their team members and things like that. So a lot of, lot of financial support, a lot of business support. It sounds like this will help me navigate my doing business in a global world issues as well. I'm, I'm an open source collective in the U.S. and I need to think about European Union. Yeah. The open collective can help me there. Yeah, 100%. Like it's, it's tricky for projects to hire internationally. So we give them that kind of support. We either do that ourselves or we do it through a global employer, for example. But again, the global employer, they are like, who is Async API? Like, who am I talking to? Right. And and so, well, no, they're talking to a, corp a corporation, nonprofit, incorporated in California that has this drug record, this budget, this, right? So, so it really kind of abstracts the complexity of doing these things for uh, for projects. Yeah, the hiring piece. I think we've we've managed because the async team is up to I think ten or eleven folks now as part of my team, and we're doing better setting up entities around Europe specifically, but around the world to, to hire because async API is very diverse. So there's like someone in Poland, someone in Spain, someone in, in Argentina, someone. So it's, it's, it gets complex very fast, yeah. but that's the community. That's what we need to support. So, so I've been really thankful for open collective being there as a, as a stepping stone for them. Yeah. And it's the world we live in, 
And it's like, it's, this is, communities have a huge impact in the world that it's very unfair that we can't fund them, right? So at our core, what we do is we move money from the center to the fringes. That's what we do, right? We help unlock money and move it to the fringes. A lot of times, going back to your you know, question about why is it so hard to find, find open source, because very often it's not a matter of someone in a company not wanting to fund a community. It's like they have no idea that this is even possible, right? Because, because, they, don't, because they don't speak the same language. So for us, it's really about removing complexity for our communities so communities can focus on their craft, on what they do best and not on like accountants and lawyers. Um, so it's about that. And it's also about almost like removing an excuse for corporations not to fund corporations mm -hmm. and, and, you know, large funds and, and DAFs, et cetera, right? Because it's like, now it's easy. Like we've onboarded to every single procurement, you know, out there, like system, like, trust me, like they are all equally appalling, but we are there. So it's like, it's really easy for company A to do a PO and send the money. Like it's not a problem anymore. Uh, so then the conversation is like, it moves from, all right, how do we do this? Now the infrastructure is in place. Then, okay, great. Then, then how do we do this? You know, which project do we fund? What level of funding? How do we manage governance of an open source project with large or with substantial corporate funding? What does it mean to be a good open source citizen? What does it mean to be a good corporate open source citizen, right? So we... We've, I think that I'm very proud that we've managed to move the conversation away from the practicality of how you actually send the money or how is this even possible to like the much more interesting questions around governance of open source projects, like what's the, the level of involvement or what can a corporate expect, right? Or governance of the project itself, right? How do we spend this money? What do we spend the money on? How do we decide how do we pay ourselves? How do we decide who needs to, or, you know, who's going to get paid? How much? I think that we still have a long road ahead in helping projects decide better how to spend their funds and what to spend them on. Because we see, in Open Collective, we see some projects that have enough budget to pay for maintainers. And so that is a whole set of problems, right? It's like, which maintainer is going to get paid? How do we guarantee that if someone is quitting their job to work for their community, we can guarantee their like employment long enough, right? That's one kind of set of problems there. And why some are able to get paid and some are not, right? That's kind of one whole issue. Then another is like groups that have funding, but not enough to guarantee an 18 months runway, for example, for a maintainer, or not enough to pay a person or a group of people the market salaries, right? So they're sitting on this cash and they don't know what to do with it because it's not enough, but it's also more than what you need to pay for, you know, your Heroku costs, whatever, or print stickers. So I think that there's a lot of work that now that we have this role in the ecosystem that we need to be doing and that we will be doing that has to do with the spending part of it, of the equation. 
right? We've been very focused on raising because when we started, money in open source was like, wait, what? But why? Right? And now that all of that conversation has, it's like, it's quite obsolete, right? Like there's no question that we need to be funding these, you know, groups building the building blocks of the economy, right? So no one's arguing with that anymore, but now we need to be focusing on, I think, on the spending aspect of it. But you have a lot of very passionate, very smart people who don't care about the business of all of this. That's why they're in open source. That's why they believe in these communities. But it still takes money. It still takes structure. It still takes, we all have to live and eat and breathe. And so it, there's a lot of education and awareness to, to be brought to the table. And I think that's a, that's a worthy, worthy part of, of Open Collective and bringing to the table, helping folks understand all of this and become, well, I wouldn't say become experts at, cause that's what you, you all do, but help them focus on what they do best by, by providing the structure for them. Yeah. So what are your favorite projects? Like what uh, we talked about async API, like share, share some of your favorite oh, projects so that you're seeing. Because of the work we've done with, uh, first because they've been on Open Collective for a while, but also because of the work that we've done with the Afghan um, refugees. Yeah. And uh, for me, that was, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a cross-pollinization of, you know, wait, this open source world that for me was very separate to all of this solidarity world that we're doing, they're suddenly like, what, they're part of the same, right? And it just, it really made me realize, or I don't know, see very clearly that, I don't know, there's a lot more work that we need to be doing, like meshing, you know, the different kind of, I don't know, like large ecosystems, if you want an open collective. And Right now, we're seeing that again with Ukraine. We we turned around and we 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 emailed our open source projects and we said like, "Hey, you have some budget here that you haven't been using. We're setting up this like support Ukraine collective. We're gonna be using this money to fund these organizations in Ukraine. You know, would you like to donate?" And like the response was incredible in like two seconds. Right, a lot of projects are like just diverting their funds from their collectives to this like a support Ukraine collective. So I'm a big fan of like, you know, starting to to mesh these worlds a lot more. The work that we do under the Open Collective Foundation is very related to mutual aid groups, bail funds, giving circles, like really grassroots solidarity work. And they could all use so much support from decent tech people, right? And like, you know, and we have so many decent tech folks on the other end. And I'm like, why aren't we doing more kind of interconnections, right? Because this is life is like that, right? We're all together in the same boat. So anyway, so easy get BI for me, like it's just because like to my heart because also that happened. And for me it was that moment where like, oh, I don't need to keep this separate in my head anymore. You know, we can we can do this all together. So that was great. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud of the work we do with Open Web Docs because I guess it was the first kind of project where we turn around and we said like, okay, we're going to be hiring folks. You know, so we are I think five technical writers now that we have, and that is work that is important to me. You know, and to be able to support groups, not just you know we're going to receive some funding here and there, but really kind of give people the opportunity of being employed. What we want to do is we want to make working for your community as 
or almost as financially rewarding as working for a corporation. Like if we can get there, like we'll, we are building something here, right? If we get there and, and the numbers are growing, right? Last year, we, we funded more open source projects than in all the previous year combined. So last year we sent $12 million, right? To open source projects. And, and that starts being like some serious money that we can think of, you know, granted we have thousands of projects, right? So that doesn't mean that everyone has a lot of money, but there is like, we are on that path and we want to be doing more things like, for example, you know, back your stack where someone can back their entire open source stack or like work down the dependency trees, right? So when a project like Webpack or Babel, or they become like this beacon that they receive you know, a lot of funding, but they're like still using a lot of projects to do their software that they might not be receiving all of this funding. How do we like really easily and seamlessly kind of help them distribute some of their wealth down to their dependency tree, right? Or, and so doing, you know, projects like that are things that for me are kind of super interesting because it's more of it's more about like building the ecosystem than just funding project directed funding, which is what we've been doing very heavily until recently. Yeah, it makes me happy that that you're all investing so much in the ecosystem because I would say my relationship with Fran and Async is very much born out of ten years of me passionately trying to stay independent. I didn't have a job. I was just freelancing, working on open source. So 2010 through basically 2020, and I was always a big advocate of Fran and, and Async and building. And so as soon as I got budget, um, which I have at Postman now, and I have a, a, I run our open technologies program, I carved out a space for Fran as quickly mm-hmm. as I could because him and I really get along well. I can see why you and him get along really well too. <laughs> is um, Fran has some pretty r- radical notions of what technology should do in the world and what it shouldn't be doing in the world. And that, and I'm a big fan of that. And we're working on, I think he, I'm going to push him to write a book on what's called, what he calls radical transparency and how do you, mm-hmm. how do you run open source specifications out in the open and, and why does it have to be community driven? Why? Cause this piece of technology, that's super critical layer of our world, this asynchronous layer has to be transparent in that way. And yeah. so there's a lot of folks I know right now who are encountering, what do you call it? The, the great resignation. There's a lot of different reasons why people are in their tech jobs, no matter how well paid we are, they're just, it's not nourishing our soul. And yeah. so do you feel like if a listener's listening and they're wanting to something new to do, maybe dealing with, you know, taking their tech skills and applying, but maybe to the environment or to some other social justice issue, is there opportunity for me to rethink my, my world right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we are now hiring two senior uh, dev roles. This is not a pitch or anything, but we're just, <laughs> we're, we're hiring, right? And so we realized that we radically shifted the way we are hiring, right? We used to do the, the usual, you know, tracks of whatever hiring. And, and we turned around and we said, like, this is not the pool that we want to be fishing in. We, we, we want to be 
you know, tapping into knowledge that is somewhere else. So we are now like tapping into our solidarity economy networks, right? Like co-ops, like new economy coalition, you know, and we are talking to them about like, hey, do you know someone, you know, in your network that is doing great solidarity work and they're also like a good dev and they would like to work with us, right? It's been super rewarding, to be honest, because like the conversation is very different and there's a lot of talent out there who they wants to work for something that has meaning, you know, and um and we strive to pay as high as we want and we are like super you know, as, as we can and we are like super flexible and you know we're fully remote and everything but at the core really you work for a for, for a company that has sold for a project that has sold that has impact and that makes such a difference such a huge difference and it's not even working for open collective right it's just connecting with the different networks out there that are doing amazing work and supporting them in the work they do. So yeah, it's been it's been amazing to see I have to be honest. And the best hires that I've done by far are people who send me an email and they're like, you're not hiring now, but I just love the work that you're doing and the impact and I belong to a collective and and I'm like, great. We don't have our role open now, but come on board. We'll figure it out. Because like what we want is is that work and so and we are not alone there are a lot of companies out there who are now thinking more in you know we want to work with folks who are thinking you know of impact in the way that we're thinking and have built those networks a lot more than the right tech skills you know the, the, i don't know this combination now that we are looking uh, more that it's been it's proven a lot more rewarding for our team and i would say to give a little bit more background for people who are listening about what, what you mentioned earlier about Fran in Afghanistan. So, so Async API was doing Google Summer of Code and several of the Google Summer of Code uh, contributors. And it was a very active, successful season for Google Summer of Code and Async. They had, they had some contributors who happened to be in Afghanistan that were very passionate and, and, and moved forward the project in some interesting ways. And it just happened to coincide with the Taliban taking over and, and the vacuum that was left by, by the West leaving. And so we worked really hard to get these folks out and, and because they were talented, because they were passionate and driven. And this is something that for me, like I'm, what you just mentioned about hiring is like, I'm very dependent on my HR and my, my, what we call it our people org bringing recruiting and doing that. But I'm finding those job positions and that filtering process doesn't, it fails me more times than it succeeds. And finding people that are, are diverse voices, gl truly global as part of not just async API, but I have JSON schema, open API, wider open technologies is I find better employees, highly skilled. Frankly, you can pay them a lot less um, than you can in the U.S. and they're much more happy, driven, and they tend to care about what they're working on and, 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 and the impact that it's making in the world. And so I'm finding that when you hear about operating in a global world and doing business in a global world, it's not what I expected when I heard that, you know, you know, global business enterprises, it's, it's at the lower levels of people and human beings on the ground trying to survive. And then you end up having to deal with things like Afghanistan and things, what's going on in the Ukraine. And the, and you realize these are people who actually live on the ground in these places, have jobs, have families, have lives. And it's, 
it's just been really eye-opening the last couple of years working with async at this level because my team is so diverse and wide yeah no absolutely it's like well, we have folks from i mean it's a scheduling nightmare right from british columbia all the way to new zealand like stopping everywhere in the world so it's like Calls are messy, um, and you know half the team is half uh, is asleep because it's too late or it's too early, so they're like struggling with it. But um, but I mean it, it's yeah it's it's amazing because uh, it brings like a uniqueness to your team that it's um, you know and not just a diversity of voices but also of experiences of of you know visions of the world right and and that makes the whole process a lot a lot richer. Um, so now, for example, we are we are actively trying to find engineers who are still in Ukraine, who can't leave Ukraine, but lost their jobs and, you know, they want to work. And because Open Collective has always been remote since we started, we never had offices, we were always like scattered around the world. Uh, That's just the life we, we led or we still lead. And so we wanted to build a company and a project that reflected who we were, right? Um, and so, so yeah, so now anyone, if we can find folks there with like a laptop and a, you know, somewhat stable connection, then we would love to hire from that community because like, of course, like, what are you, you know, why not? Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that building remote and having built all the processes, all of these like years, um, to successfully run a remote project like ours that it's like very complex because it's not just a company, it's a company, it's non-for-profits, it's like collectives, individuals, right? Um, so, but it also gives us these amazing opportunities to to help folks around the world. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the work you all are able to do. So what is, What's top of mind next? Um, is Ukraine kind of top of mind right now? What else is top of mind for Open Collective moving forward? Yeah, for sure, Ukraine. We've been like sending, I think we sent something like $2 million in the past 10 days, like in $1,000 tranches to families. So we've been funding families with $1,000. So it's been a bit of a, of, of a crazy, crazy couple of weeks, but that is definitely um, top of mind. We want to do that more. Um, I don't know when this is going to get released, but if, if you know, 1K project is like the project that um, is either matching. So you have two, two paths. You, you can be matched directly to a family in Ukraine. And so you send them $1,000 or you can add more or less or whatever you want to the pool on Open Collective, right, for 1K project. So that's like top of mind. And then I guess something that, it's also now in, 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 in my head has to do with exit to community, right? With this idea that we have of, okay, great. So we've built a constellation. Part of that constellation is a for-profit company that has a cap table with investors. How do we ensure that the mission is protected for the future, right? We take a very long-term view of what we do. So if you think in 50 years time, like you know that you need to build the right transitions for another set of stewards to be continuing your mission, right? And so doing that from a for-profit company, like it's very difficult, right? Because the classic paths for exiting are you sell the company or you go public, right? 
And we don't want to do that. We want to be able to figure out a path through which we share ownership with the community that we serve, right? So top of mind for us is it's really doing a lot of thinking in public about structures that would enable, I guess, the open collective community at large to own the tech that supports their livelihoods, right? Which is the open collective wow. platform. Yeah, wow. I don't know that's, what that's, that's so do, powerful. Right? writing about it. There's several blog posts out there. You know, we are playing with ideas. We are starting a podcast series about this, talking to people. But the process has already started for us to figure that out, right? It feels like to me that the, this is the front line of, of open, what open source means. And I feel like we, in my lifetime, we've gone through several waves. It's not... It's not our grandfather's Linus Torvalds open source world anymore. It's not a GitHub social. It's, I think this is the future of, of community driven, not just open source code, but open source content efforts. And then this intersection with social justice and just, uh, our, what happens in our, in our lives doing business at this global scale or, or building tech. I wouldn't even say doing business, applying tech at this global level. So it really feels like y'all are the defining what's next when it comes to open source and laying the foundation. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's so easy, but uh, we are, you know, this is why we do what we do. And so like, we are, we're doing this very much in the open because we are relying on everyone to help us think through this. Like there's no blueprint for a company to become community owned, that just tech that has investors that, you know, there is no easy path for this, especially not for a community as global and diverse as ours. Um, so what on earth this is going to look like, I think is something that we need to build together. Also, I think I, Okay, and I truly believe this. And I did a lot of work in politics. I come from politics. That's my background. I've done politics, you know, until you know six years ago. And um, so, and I, I do believe that any participatory process, like you need to be able to learn by living, by experiencing that process, right? Otherwise, you you need to learn because you need to fail, and then you need to learn from that fail, failure. And so, we want to do this exit to community thinking with the community because we don't want to turn around in like two years or five years or whatever it is and say like, okay, great. This is all the governance thing that you need to do now, right? We need to, to build the governance, I guess, gymnastics in a sense, right? In our community. Um, and so we are doing this like very slowly and very open because we all, all of us need to live through the experience of owning a process like this in order to be able to own like a tech, black project, a community like this in the future, right? So it's such, so fundamental. And this is kind of core tenets of what Franz has been talking about with radical transparency. And, and as, as he compares it with other specifications that were intimately involved with open API and swagger being one of them, but is, is when you're doing things at this scale globally with in the community, like the, the smallest thing can be misconstrued, like hold, hold, where you go to have a conversation. If it's not out in the open properly, people feel like, oh, things are happening behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. 
if you don't schedule an event properly and have the right transparency around it, people can feel like, well, now it's a, a private network or a, in the U.S., a good old boys club, you know. The, and so you have to be very thoughtful about how you move these things forward and, and, and put out there. And I think Open Collective really, that's that's what I, I really wanted from this show is is to help people understand it's not just about money. There's, there's a lot more to this than just raising money and, and be able to spend money. No, 100%. Yeah. This has been great. This is exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I would say the the social justice, the Ukrainian, uh, I think what it's really weighing on us, what's happening right now in the world. Where can folks go to get involved? How do, how do they get involved in, in helping support what you all are building? Yeah, either 1K Project. So 1kproject.org or Open Collective. Um, dot com slash 1k project and then the support ukraine solidarity is support ukraine now i guess we have a couple of collectives now going on so if you go to open collective in the search for ukraine um, in the search box like the the collectives that we are um, supporting are gonna pop up so that's one path um then in GitHub, we have a lot of issues, stacked bounty or or first would first issue. Some the bounty ones are, you know, they're all compensated, but we really sometimes need some help. And so if anyone is like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, grab these two, you know, the Open Collective Foundation also tax issues that the Open Collective Foundation needs that the Open Collective core team can't get to because we have like a larger roadmap that we are trying to get through. So supporting the Open Collective Foundation in solving the issues that they need, that, that would be amazing um, because there's a lot of, you know, accessibility work that we are going through, but there's a lot that needs to be done that we would love or translation, you know, that we would love support there. Just our Slack is public, so any questions or support or, hey, I want to get involved, how do I do that? Slack.opencollective.com It's like a really good place to start. Sounds like a good place. I really appreciate you joining us today. This has been pretty eye-opening. I would say I'm already familiar with Open Collective, but understanding its importance beyond the money and the funding part and, and seeing how it, it reflects what what's next, I feel, for open source. It was, it was very educational. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Pia for stopping by. You can find more about Pia at piamancini.com and Open Collective at opencollective.com. You can subscribe to the Breaking Changes podcast at postman.com slash events slash breaking dash changes. I'm your host, Ken Lane, and until next time, cheers. 